1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. This is 1059 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. Our expert from Remax Prime Properties is Asif Khan. Good morning, Asif, and you have today's first guest. Thank you, Tina. Joining us is the CEO of the Interior Real Estate Association, Tim Hudak. Tim, always a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure, Asif. Thanks for having me back. Tim, I know you've got a lot going on, but recently the possibility of a cooling off period has been added to your plate. Tell us a little bit about what that is and how it's going to affect consumers. Uh, well, thanks, Asif. You know, it's funny. Um, a, a big part of my job, obviously, as you and I have talked about on the show, how do we get more homes built that people can actually afford? How do we create that next generation of Canadian homeowners, how can we raise the bar on professionalism? All very positive topics. Part of the job, though, Aston, sometimes you got to stop governments from doing stupid things. Yes. <laughs> That's part of the job. And sometimes ideas pop up in one province, and other provinces start talking about them, and you got to say, hey, it might sound good on paper, but bringing in ideas like a cooling-off period on resale homes will be very damaging to sellers, be very damaging to mom and pop buyers. Look, if you want to give an, uh, a gift to speculators who have money to get more homes on the market, then do this. But if you want to look out for the average hardworking Canadian that wants to get in the housing market, stay away from this bad idea. And that's the thing. It's, it's, uh, I think a lot of people think it's consumer protection, but it's actually the opposite. And it's favoring a buyer over a seller, which has problems in itself. Yeah, look, um, I, I put a column out about this that folks could uh, check out or follow us on our social media uh, around Aria. But think of it this way. Let, let's say that we had this cooling off period in Ontario and uh, there's a, a, a recently widowed um, homeowner uh, or a young couple and they put their home on the market and a speculator comes around who's got deep pockets. And that speculator puts an offer on their house, uh, outbids everybody else, the other potential buyers move on to some other house. And then within the cooling off period, say it's within five or 10 days, whatever, that speculator can come back and basically put a gun to the head of the seller and say, hey, I'm just going to walk away. I'm going to use this cooling off period unless you drop the price by $100,000. Like they would have that person over a barrel. And the person said, no, I'm not going to do it. Well, then they've got to relapse. They've got to go through the whole process again. If you have a property realist, it could look stale and it puts the value of the home in jeopardy. I think this is a really bad idea that could bring tremendous damage to average Canadian home sellers. And also, what's stopping that purchaser from going to other people that have homes for sale and saying, listen, I just bought this for this price. I will get out of it if you will give me your house for this price. Now, when the market is not as active as it right now, that could become a huge problem and sellers will be leaving a lot of money on the table. And, and this could be their retirement fund. This could be what they need to move into a home and it could have negative connotations for that. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point, right? You think of that uh, elderly couple or the 
the, the widow who was selling her home because they want to retire with some dignity. And uh, they could easily be taken advantage of um, by a speculator who exploits this loophole. And, and we're not just you know, speculating here, Asset, but as you know, and you've done your own research on this, in British Columbia, they brought in this policy in January. And talking to uh, real estate agencies uh, in B.C., they're actually seeing more people exploiting this, placing offers on multiple properties, and then dropping them and leaving people hanging out to dry and just going with the one that got them the best deal. Uh, and really stranding average people. And the average, you know, young couple that this was created to try to protect, uh, they're not using it. The speculators are. They're taking advantage of this tool. We don't want this in the province if we want to maintain, you know, some chance for for hardworking, struggling Canadians to buy a home. Don't bring this tool into Ontario. And it's those big corporations or the the companies that are going out there and buying land they're the ones with the deep pockets, and they're they're the ones that can go and outbid the younger couple or the first time home buyer in order to scoop these properties and make money off of them. So it's almost like they're double dipping and taking houses away from Canadians that want to be homeowners, rather than the other way around where we're trying to create more supply. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. So we've already talked about how this can be very damaging to sellers if you bring a cooling off period on resale homes. But it's also very damaging to average everyday Canadian buyers because they're going to be at a disadvantage. This, this will give that speculator uh, who has deep pockets and an army of lawyers a chance to take a whole bunch of homes off the market, fit through the cooling off period, decide which ones they want to buy or try to squeeze the seller and lower the price. So what happens to the other buyers that were on that property? Well, it's not a level playing field. They'll have to move on to other property to get frustrated. And this could happen over and over again. This is a bad idea. It should be stopped in its tracks because it is harmful to both everyday Ontario sellers as well as buyers. And Tim, we do have a cooling off period for new construction. And and to clarify that, this is because people are buying off of plans. They may be in a situation where they're up against 100 or 150 people and they have to make that rash decision right away to purchase it. So in that sense, it's okay. But when you're looking at a resale home and you've actually visited it and you've walked through it, you may have done a home inspection, uh, you may have gotten pre-qualified for a mortgage, it's not the same type of pressure that when you're buying new construction, is it? Oh, for sure. You laid that out very well. So the Ontario Real Estate Association realtors do support a cooling off period when it's your you know, average couple or the mom and pop buying a home from a developer. Uh, when you have not even seen the home, right? Basically, you've only seen the, uh, the display room. It's beautiful. You got some really nice material. Um, if the developer has all of their lawyers and their marketing people there, and it's not a level playing field. That can be a high-pressure situation. So just like we have with pre-construction condos, we do believe a cooling-off period is an important concern protection for average people when they're buying from a big corporation and they've not even seen or walked into the home itself. That totally makes sense. We support that 100%. But if it's a mom and pop seller, right, you're walking through the house, you've got your realtor at your side, they can put conditions on the property. The cooling off period has no business for resales, but it does make sense when you're going up against a big corporation and it's a brand new home or condo. And is this redundant? Because we already have consumer protection in, in the fact that they can put a home inspection condition in, they can put a financing condition in. But now we're introducing 
a third condition pretty much, which is the cooling off period, which allows them to walk away for no reason. Now, uh, you know, do we really need it in this type of space? No, we don't. That's why you need to work with your professional realtor there who can make sure you've got the right conditions on your offer, whether it's home inspection, financing, you know, the proper date, what have you, and can be there at your side as, as the advocate to keep you calm and to make smart decisions, right? That's, that's the protection that exists. It'll be even strengthened more in the new Trust and Real Estate Services Act. So this would um, be a bad idea that would take away from what already exists. It would encourage bad behavior. And as I said, it's going to give, you know, give the keys to the safe to speculators with a lot of money to snap up properties and put pressure on ordinary sellers to bring their prices down. And Tim, kudos to you and Aria for stepping up uh, in consumer protection and, and making sure that buyers and sellers are both protected. If our listeners want to step up and take another step to fight this, what should they do? Well, they can get info from us at uh, aria.com, uh, where we, we lay out the case here. And we're also encouraging folks to send a message uh, to Premier Ford. We will give a lot of credit to Deserve. He's doing great stuff on getting more homes built. Uh, his uh, uh, minister, Khalid Rashid, has brought in this new idea for a cooling-off period on new homes you're buying from a developer. We support all that. But if you want to send a message to Premier Ford, don't put it on resales. You can contact him at premier at ontario.ca. Again, send it directly to premier at premier at ontario.ca. Tim, thanks so much for the information and uh, for your continued fight for consumer protection. And also, thank you for staying sharp on all the important things uh, that are happening in the real estate market, good ideas and bad. I appreciate you having me back on the program. Thanks a lot, and we'll talk to you again soon, Tim. Thank you. Have a great rest of the weekend. You too. After the break, how the cooling off period is working or not in BC. This is On the Market on 1059 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him 416 985 Khan. That's 416 985 5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 1059 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's radio real estate show. Over to my co-host and our real estate expert, Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties with today's next guest. Thank you, Tina. Joining us next is Trevor Hargreaves from the British Columbia Real Estate Association. Trevor, welcome to On the Market. Thank you for having me as a guest. Trevor, there's been a lot of talk around the Ontario Real Estate Association about the three-day cooling off period that you guys have implemented a little while ago. So for our listeners, take us a bit through when this was implemented, what the thought process was behind it. It came into fruition at the beginning of the year. Uh, there's a clear, important distinction to what put it into play. Uh, a lot of people in British Columbia still live under the uh, mistaken impression uh, that it was put into practice to help affordability. It wasn't an affordability measure. What it was meant for is as a protection mechanism for consumers in hot market conditions so that if you have seven people all trying to bid on a property, you're coming at it in a really you know aggressive way to try to win the bid. Uh, you put in an offer way over ask, you win the bid. The purpose of it is a mechanism to allow you to back out of it if you have second thoughts. 
And that's protection for the buyers themselves. But was there any thought process given towards the sellers and what could potentially happen to them when a buyer that has won a multiple offer bid backs out? Now, that was exactly our perspective, is that it was very short-sighted in terms of the way it was put into practice. It was favoring the buyer over the seller. Uh, and potentially, it also has a lot of unforeseen consequences, such as really favoring those with money who can now afford to put in five different offers and retract four of them. Uh, and if they have to pay a small penalty, fine. You know, if they if it adds up that they're paying twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars in additional fees, that's actually fairly small in the grand scheme of things. So it's it's had a lot of unforeseen consequences. We're seeing a lot of negative data coming from it. We fought hard against it at the time. Uh, we really don't have a lot of positive things to say about it at the end of the day. And I was going to get into that and say, what if someone went out and put three offers uh, or, or tried to purchase three homes uh, in a couple of days, knowing that they could back out of deals? We've really been trying to spend a few months here gathering data so that we're getting stories right from the ground. But those are the things that we're starting to hear. We're starting to hear a lot of stories where it's the people with money who are using this to their benefit at the end of the day. And that's, that's one of the real negatives. And I, I think the other aspect that's a, a negative about this is to us, and especially for me being in Ontario right now as I'm away at a conference, it's kind of a scenario of a bad idea rolling across the country. Something gets implemented in one province and then Ontario are starting to look at it like it's some kind of innovative policy where at the end of the day, it, it, it's not a great idea in the province in question. So it's very concerning to me about it getting adopted here. I really hope that the province of Ontario see otherwise and see past it because it's really not helping us back in BC. Great point, because the perception is that it helps the consumer, but in the end, it could be a detriment and, and could actually make homes less affordable if people start scooping these homes as businesses and, and taking that opportunity away from the first-time home buyer, per se. And certainly, secondarily, accidentally disrupting the market and then favoring wealthy buyers. It's already challenging enough for many people to get into the market. Now, if you're disadvantaged by those with bigger pocketbooks, that's exactly the opposite of the kind of thing you want to see in a heated market condition. And then the government's been trying to do away with speculators and trying to make it harder for them to purchase homes. But this is almost a mechanism for them to speculate and, and maybe sell that agreement of purchase and sale as an assignment in, in those three days. Theoretically. Um, you know, it's, within the British Columbia context, it's something that was crafted very hastily. We did a lot of research and recommended a series of other alternate mechanisms uh, our regulator within the province of British Columbia did the same thing, but the, the minister in, in question at the time just, you know, was very dogged about pushing this forward. So it, it was put right into the market as a very untested mechanism. Certainly our perspective is that with a lot of these various new concerns and measures in, in heated markets in both Vancouver and around Toronto, what we are really wanting to see is, is a more careful eye of putting new policies through a better lens and, you know, establishing roundtables of sectoral expertise to filter these things through so that you don't see these unforeseen consequences when things hit the market. Since implementation, I know you may not have exact numbers, but what would be a rough percentage of people that have backed out from their purchases? That's when I don't have the ground data on my end. We're still collating uh stories rolling through. So I'm just moving forwards right now on trying to 
go through and get the metrics from the floor, right from managing brokers right across the province. So I couldn't tell you, I'd say it's not used a lot out of a hundred offers. You may be seeing it used 1% of the time or so, but that's very subjective and without any backing metrics. And, and Trevor, you've been in, uh, you know, from here, it, from ground level up for this to take place and, what type of penalties are in place and what was recommended by the BCREA and, and what's been put into play? Well, what we recommended is that the measure is not put into practice at all. Um, we were dead set against it. We still maintain that perspective. Uh, we're starting to ongoingly, of course, now be seeing realtors uh, within British Columbia going forward with their own stories to media and talking to government about the the things that they're seeing, but it's it's basically a small penalty of sales, so it works out to about $2,500 or so when you're backing out of the deal. Uh, so, you know, you're, it's not that it's nothing. It's not that it's not a significant amount of money. It sounds like a significant amount of money, but $2,500 on a million-dollar purchase is really not a huge amount. And again, in a heated market, if you wanted to make five different offers and just give consideration to the fact that you can come out on top by investing $20,000 or so in, in write-off funds if you need to back out from these kind of deals, it, uh, it's, it's nothing to somebody that can afford it. Certainly, that's where the deep pockets come in. Now, this went into play just as the market was cooling down, so you may not have felt the full effects of it as yet. What do you anticipate now that the market has heated up and we're starting to see a lot of multiple offers and bidding wars back in? That's precisely why I haven't gone back to the government in a, in a really organized manner asking for them to review this and then to be looking at amendments or to be looking at potentially striking it down in British Columbia. I don't want to do it until the market does heat up. Um, the way the market conditions are looking, the market is starting to heat up as we're hitting warmer weather. As interest rates are starting to moderate, it's going to, you know, in, in the British Columbia landscape anyway, become a much uh, more intensive sales process running through the year. But I think what we're just going to see is a lot more stories from the ground of when this is being used and how it's becoming problematic for the various people who are using it and for the realtors that are involved. It's, and, and again, to be clear, like this isn't really something that's just a pain for the realtor. But my concern about it is really just that unbalance between the buyer and the seller. There's always been a natural pressure when you're buying a house, when you're buying a property, but you need to be able to take responsibility for that. You know, building in these mechanisms to just back out after an intensive bidding process, it's, uh, it's a very difficult thing in terms of trying to keep the, the market itself balanced. And we've always had mechanisms for buyers to back out, such as a home inspection condition or a financing condition. How do those conditions play out with the three-day holding off period? Because is that concurrent or does it start after the three days are up? It's all concurrent at the same time. Okay, great. So, you know, so it, it isn't a disruptive scenario to that end. But that's also part of it. It's, it's meant to buy a little bit of extra time for the consumer as they're getting some of this information back. So, it, uh, you know, the other thing as well as they had talked about earlier on, of potentially when they were serving on this as, as architects of doing an even longer period of time, which would be even more disruptive. So at least it's trimmed down to the three days that it is in BC. But again, it's, it hasn't turned everything up on its head because most people are not using it. It's being used very sparingly. Uh, but again, when it is, it's being used with great concern. And we've just implemented a cooling off period for new construction in Ontario. And I can see that because you're buying it off of plans. You may not know it's a high pressure situation. You may be, uh, you know, in line with a hundred other people and you want to make that decision quick. But for resale, 
it really does disrupt the seller's momentum or the ability to maximize their return on their investment, which is probably their highest investment. Do you see any rescinding taking place or, or will there be adjustments to this in the future? I am hoping, you know, I think really when it comes to British Columbia, we have a new premier. They are moving really fast and hard. The premier's highest mandate is housing. It, it really is an intensive livability crisis in Vancouver, the same way it is throughout Toronto. It, they're coming up with a lot of new ideas. They're, they're decent ideas. They're implementing a lot of different things. I'm hoping that they end up moving past this, that they recognize as we collate data that it's not only disruptive, it just wasn't that great of an idea. It's not, as policies go, one of these really strong, innovative processes. There are many better things we can do to try to moderate this market. A lot of it is supply-oriented at the end of the day, which, to Ontario's credit as well, they're, they've come around in the last few years to recognize that's the real driver of affordability. This whole thing, as a consumer protection mechanism, it's a consumer protection mechanism, in my mind, that's addressing a problem that isn't particularly pronounced to begin with. So I'm hoping that we see this retired in British Columbia in the end. That would be the optimal policy stance. Uh, uh, that I would like to see. Agreed 100%. And thank you so much for your insight and for sharing with us what's happening in BC with the cooling off period. And, and we do hope that it doesn't come to Ontario. Trevor, thanks so much for joining on the market. Thank you for having me. Talk to you next time. When we come back, your real estate questions. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market. Your questions for Asif Khan are next. And we begin with Terry in King. He's finding few condo options in his area. He's hoping you could suggest where to start his search that isn't too far from his current home. Asif, what do you think? There's a, a lot of different ways that we can start that. And there's so many condos that are already built, but so many coming up as well. So there's lots of options available. Depends on when you want to move and how far you want to be from your current location, because there may be a pre-construction project that may be ready in a year or two years that could be a good fit. Also depends on the amenities that you want within the building and size, space, parking. There's a, a lot to consider here. So the first thing, maybe we can have a, a quick conversation by phone or uh, even a quick visit so that we can get you started on the right foot. Okay, so it doesn't just come down to Terry wants to stay in his area. He may need to think outside the box a little bit. Yeah, a little bit because uh, it depends on why you want to stay within that area. There mm -hmm. could be other areas that may work better for you and, and have all the amenities and be close to things that you want to be close to. So again, having that conversation, finding out what the details are about your search and, and what you want in your new home, that would be perfect and uh, it'll help us get started. And Terry is talking about condos in King, but maybe he should consider other options perhaps? Yeah, there's limited options in King because a lot of the, the houses in King have been larger. There are a few buildings in King that uh, there's a lot of demand because there's only a couple of buildings there. Mm -hmm. So that makes it complicated and also drives the prices up for those buildings. Uh, if you're looking just outside of King, uh, you know, maybe within a 10, 15 minute radius, then you'll be able to find a lot more options. Should he maybe consider townhomes as well? 
yeah, townhomes are always a good option, semi-detached. But it, again, it depends. If you're looking for a lifestyle change mm. and you're going into a condo, then you don't want the maintenance that comes with the townhomes and the semis. So it really depends on do you just want to downsize into a smaller property or are you looking for that lifestyle change where you don't have to worry about cutting the grass or roofs and furnaces and things like that where you're just going into a maintenance-free, per se, living lifestyle? Terry, it sounds like the first step is contacting Asif for that first conversation. Okay, Robert from Markham writes, I'm a regular listener to On The Market and have heard you say many times to try to get into the market, start small. How is that possible if I want to stay in York Region? Asif, are condos my only option to get into the market for the first time? How much is that down payment and what can you tell me about the first home savings account. A few questions in there. A few. Uh, thank you for listening and, and being a regular listener. The It depends on where in the region you want to be. There's so many different options, again, with condos, semis, towns, even some older bungalows that uh, may be a good fit. There's you know, 1,500 square foot or 1,000 square foot bungalows that are older, may need some work, but could be a good fit to get you started. So it really depends, again, where you want to be and what your price point is because that will help us determine where we can help you get to. Uh, as for down payment, it really depends. That's a, a personal uh, choice or, or everyone's going to be different with what they can qualify for. Some people may qualify for 10% down. Some people may need 20% down. If you're looking at over a million dollars, you have to have 20% down. So there's, again, a lot of different variables there that we'd have to look into so we can give you the proper advice on those. And I guess part of this has to be a conversation with your lender, right? It does. It goes hand in hand with your home search. You have to have the lender involved in the whole process. And even to get started, you want to have a base of where you're going to be looking. So you need to go and get pre-qualified and that will give you a good range to get started in. And then we can expand from there. Now, Robert also is asking about the first home savings account. What do you know about that? It's it's a good program. It's, uh, you know, you can put money in there. It's kind of like the uh, the fund that they had in order for you to have the tax-free savings fund. So it's almost like they just changed the name and called it mm. uh, a first-time home buyer savings uh, fund. But it's the same process where you're putting money in. You can take it out without being affected for taxes and things like that. But uh, it's a great way to save if you want to put a certain amount of money in every year or every month and start saving for that home. It's a good way to make sure that that money is put away. As a reminder, if you have questions for On The Market, hit send anytime to info at 1059theregion.com. But Asif, if our listeners prefer to contact you directly, how can they do that? They can always reach me by phone at 416-985-5426. That's 416-985-CON. And of course, if you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. I'm Tina Cortez. Thank you for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.